When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello? Hello? <laughs> I almost don't recognize you with those two front teeth. It doesn't even look like my baby. Oh, hi! The wheels on the bus go round and round all through the town. Welcome back to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, where Jamie is looking for a password to find out if she's ovulating. <laughs> I am. I always forget my password. Like <laughs> they tell you not to make the same one. So I try to switch it up a little bit and then I forget it. So then I have to like send the link. Does anyone else get so annoyed with that? Yeah. Well, we've been trying for a little bit now and I don't know. You're talking about you just go straight to having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I mean, we we have a lot going on, obviously, and we can't wait to tell you about our trip to New Jersey and house hunting and seeing family after like four months. Yeah. But I do want to say we had some great feedback from last week's interview with Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And this is part two, which is even more vulnerable for Jamie and I. I mean, honestly, I was not anticipating that, but I feel like I just feel like we just unpacked a lot, Doug. First of all, I was looking for the password for my ovulation app. And that's kind of what I was talking about with the whole password thing. Um, and we've been trying to get pregnant since Hendrix was six months old and obviously hasn't happened yet. We thought maybe at one point we were. But now that he's a year old, I'm almost like, geez, I don't know. You've had a rough go with breastfeeding this time around. Oh my gosh. An author sent me her book and it is titled, Can I Talk You Out of Breastfeeding? I'm going to be very, very honest. I saw the title and I was like, I don't want to read this book because I feel like if I can make milk and it's the healthiest option, according to you know scientists and doctors and nurses and all of my studying becoming a nurse, then why wouldn't I give him the milk that I make? But then, you know, now that I'm at the end of it, like I had a year goal and I I breastfed for a full year. You made it. I don't even know how. It you know was what? So you were hard. like you were like this last time though yes. with Henley. Like you were just ready for it to be done. Which is so bad. Like I feel like so many women love breastfeeding and they feel so connected and the bonds and all that. And I literally put them on the boob and then I like take them <laughs> off and I have a million things to do. And all I can think about is the million things I have to do. And I feel like the reason why you're kind of holding on is because we got the vaccine and you want to get breast milk that has the vaccine antibodies in it. Is yeah. That yeah. So now, of course, I mean if I would have been smart, well, like we couldn't have gotten that vaccination any faster because we were in Florida. So they had only just opened it up to us. But man, like and now I know that, you know, the antibodies go through your breast milk for three months after you get the shot. And so we've I'm, been trying to mix in Henley's milk. I have been Doug and she's been drinking my breast milk yeah. with my antibodies in it. But <laughs> I feel like we're kind of all over the place right now. Yeah, we really are. But I do want to give a quick mention to our five-star reviewer this week, which comes from iPhoneMommy25, who says, Love Jamie and Doug. Where do I begin? Day one since math's here. This podcast gives me life, laughter, tears, and also things that make you say, hmm, 
Jamie and Doug are everyday people, and their podcast is so relatable. From miscarriage to sex to potty training to date nights, it's so valuable to me to have a couple that gets it. I would recommend this podcast to anyone that has a marriage and kids or trying to conceive. They talk about it all. Love this couple, and thanks for being my virtual therapy and entertainment. By the way, the latest episode, number 120, is so raw and hit me as if I was looking into a mirror of my life. Love you both. Keep on keeping on. That's one of the sweetest things ever because we really do try to put it all out there and hope that it does help. And uh, reviews like that really just reinforce it. And speaking of things that make you say, hmm, Jamie and I were looking at a whole bunch of properties in New Jersey, and I don't think that we found the one. I don't think we found something that we were truly in love with, that fit a budget, that we were both excited over. But we saw a lot of great places. And everybody says that this whole housing market is hot right now to sell and it's tough to buy. Most of the houses that we've been looking at were just lots. So it's kind of tough to envision your dream home when it hasn't been built yet when you're just looking at land that looks into a creek or a river. But yeah. I think we're both decided that we want to have something that looks onto water and have water access to an ocean, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's what we've decided. And I feel like I, I've gotten so overwhelmed by just by everything in life. I mean, first of all, I feel like Doug, you and I are going through a bit of our own issue. <laughs> If you can't tell by our interview with Dr. Gertrude. Yeah, it's been very stressful. (laughs) Yeah, and then like just, I don't know. I just don't know. Like sometimes I feel like the weight of the world and all the decisions just like hang on my shoulders. And I know that that's silly. And I, you know, I know that that's not the truth. And so then, you know, I have a therapist and we have a couples therapist. I use this podcast like like (laughs) therapy. I take medication. I'm trying to work out. The only thing that I haven't done that I know has helped me in the past is changed my diet. And I'm just like, Uh, you know, when you get in a cycle and you're just like so exhausted that like to change anything else just seems even more exhausting. So then you just stay in the bad cycle, even though you know that if you did something a little differently, that then you would feel better. That's actually a good point because you at one point had done gluten-free, but like you were for real on a diet for everything that well, you got tested for what foods kind of affect your thyroid and right? Yeah. So I have hypothyroidism and I also have depression. They kind of go hand in hand and I have anxiety as well, if that isn't obvious. Um, really? Yeah. Which I don't want to be mean and pick on myself by saying, if that isn't obvious. No, you shouldn't. Because that's not, I'm trying to be gentle on myself. And and you're um, doing everything possible on top of life, on top of work, on top of two kids that are under four, a husband that could be immature and, and sometimes <laughs> lacks thinking. I think that you're managing and you're doing everything possible. So I commend you for that. Well, thanks, Doug. But I honestly feel like sometimes, I don't know, I just don't feel like that's the truth necessarily. But I do have like this pressure that we need to have a kid ASAP because I really, really, really want to have more kids. And like, I feel like just 
you know, I don't know why my heart longs for at least two more kids. I mean, I would have four more if we could, if I would say sane, but I'm barely sane with two. <laughs> so I don't know. But then, you know, when you're turned 35, which my birthday is coming up, so I'll be turning 35 in the medical world, like, you know, according to OBGYNs, you are considered advanced maternal age because there are a lot more risks associated with pregnancy. So Just by the number, that's weird. That's like the average number at 35 years old. Gotcha. When women start getting pregnant 35 and after, they tend to have a bit more complications with their pregnancies. And so I'm like, I already have enough complications. I don't need the age thing too. But I mean, I can't stop time. So that's happening. And just my heart, I can't explain it, but it's like my whole life I've just wanted to like have a family and to know that my family will just always be there for me. And this sounds so codependent and I'm super aware that I have like a bit of a codependent kind of nature. Hence, I'm always like, dog, dog, come hang out with me. Dog, want to come sit next to me? Dog, want to wanna cuddle? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't help it. I really long for that kind of family that I, you know, I never really had growing up and whatnot. And so I always just envisioned that I would just create it. Like I was going to just make myself a big family and I'm two kids in and an angel baby. So there's yeah. that. But anyways. And then you travel with two kids and you fly a plane with two kids and a dog and you realize that people that have more than two kids and a dog that travel are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about the fact that like, I mean, we're trying to have a baby right now, but then part of me is like, geez, can we really truly handle another baby right now? Even though I want one so bad. Also a side of me is like, oh my gosh, I just got done with Hendrix's first year and it was by far like one of the hardest years of my life. And you know, the quickest year. <laughs> oh gosh, that too. God, I don't know how he's a year old. It's an unpopular opinion, but I'm actually kind of like a little bit thankful that he's a year old. Like I have less pressure to nurse him and feed him from my own body, and he can have like regular milk now. And oh gosh, it's just like so much weight is lifted off my shoulders. But yeah, like you were saying, we traveled home with a toddler and a baby and our dog <laughs> in three seats. <laughs> and Jamie forgot her license. And I, yes, I forgot my license at home. As a matter of fact, I have to find my license. It's here someplace, <laughs> which will tell you how organized our house yeah. is. And, but um, And everything else is Jamie Otis and yeah. she makes it under Jamie Hayner. Yeah. Well, my legal last name is Jamie Hayner and my license is Jamie Hayner. But my passport, because it's from forever ago, is Jamie Otis. And my bank account, like my credit cards and stuff, I've never changed them. They've always just stayed Jamie Otis. And it's almost kind of sad. Like, I mean, I could have like someone else's credit card. Not really though, because that really wouldn't work out. But I do. <laughs> my credit cards all have Jamie Otis and I just keep them like that because I'm too lazy really to go in and change them. But I'm about to change my last name to Jamie Otis Hainer and then everything oh, will be you are? <laughs> Jamie Otis Hainer. Well, I asked you if you change your last name to Otis because I don't want to give it up. Yeah, no. You well, change your I, last name to Otis Hainer no, too. No, well, Otis isn't, technically isn't really even your last name. I know you yes, grew it up. Is my I know last you name. grew up with it, but... You know, I have ties to Hainer. I have ties to Otis. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, just because he wasn't my dad doesn't mean. It, I mean, that was always my name, and so I finally became comfortable with it being mine, even though he wasn't my dad. Otis is way more easy to spell. It's way easier to spell. Our kids should just be last named Otis. They'll know how to write their names way faster. It's tough for me because my first dog was named Otis. 
wait a minute, what? Yeah, my first dog. Well, I know Golden, that. Yeah, Golden Retriever was named Otis. I know that, but why do you say that's tough for you? Yeah, because that's what I think of when I hear Otis. That's like my first thought. Oh, really? So yeah. when you hear the name Otis, you don't think of your wife? Well, of course, now I do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was really sweet, too, because we've been here since January, and my parents came out and, you know, Hendrix's whole first year, as I'm sure any COVID baby that came in, you haven't seen a lot of people and you have to almost utilize Zoom and FaceTime. And we have this Facebook portal thing that is just amazing because all of our family got it. So we're able just to sit and have conversations. And, you know, I think having that really helped Hendrix get over the hump of not knowing who his cousins are and his grandpa and grandma, because he didn't cry this time when last time he was kind of scared. And when we got home, it was really sweet because he just went to them. And originally we were going to have Hendrix's birthday just virtual where we were going to celebrate it here. But instead, since it was the 13th and we were going to be in New Jersey by the 14th, we decided that we were going to have it that Sunday. And my parents were going to come, my brother, Jamie's sister, her two kids, and brand new Jamie. My who's, nephew, yeah, who's named nephew. after me. So yeah, sweet. Which, which is amazing. And both my brother and sister and their kids were going to come. And it turned out that Hendrix didn't want anybody yeah, there. He decided to get the highest fever that he's ever had in his whole short life. He's only <laughs> a year old. It was 104.7. And I was like, well, I wanted to cancel it altogether. And Doug's like, why? I was like, why? Because our son has a fever. He <laughs> but, can stay upstairs. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. So we didn't end up canceling it, but no one ended up coming anyways. And right. we, he hasn't even opened his presents yet because I wanted to make sure that we got it on camera and we ran out of time. <laughs> So he hasn't even opened his presents yet. Ay, ay, ay. When we get back, that's the first thing he's going to do is open his presents. We were so busy on this trip up to New Jersey because we were still just 100% undecided whether or not we're going to sell our current home, which we love, and like buy closer to you know Doug's family and on the water. That would be the only way we would sell it is if we got something closer to Doug's family on the water. Other than that, we love the home. So like yeah. it's going to be hard to find a home to top the home that we're in because like we just love this house so much. Yeah, but also I feel it's a good position to be in because we don't have to sell. Yeah, it is nice. It's a good know? position. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always like the idea of putting it on the market just to see, but that was just without everything that comes with it. Like I remember the first day we put it up on the market, we had 11 people that wanted to come see the house and I was like, I'm not leaving the house 11 times just for people to come see it. So it, it was tough, but we had a chance to travel back to New Jersey and it was stressful and fun at the same time. But now we're back. So I was kind of avoiding talking about part two interview because I think I hit just like my wits end kind of thing during this interview and was not at all anticipating that. I wasn't expecting it to affect me the way that it did. And I don't think Dr. Gertrude Lyons expected yeah, that no, either. I don't think anybody did. I think that I have just had so much on my heart and on my mind. And, you know, I was like, well, we had just gotten into a little tiff and I was like, well, if she can actually help, that would be nice. And I mean, she definitely, definitely got more than she bargained for when she came on this podcast. Yeah. And anybody that is looking for real transparency and real talk, I don't think it gets more real than Dr. Lyon's interview. I feel like my warts came out. I just got so, I don't know, like overloaded and just obviously 
stressed and whatnot. And, you know, it would be easy to just like hide this interview, except from Dr. Gertrude would be like, wait a minute, I just wasted all of my time talking to you. A whole hour of time that I didn't expect for a podcast. It would be easy to hide it, of course, but you know, I really am so about just being as open and as honest as possible because first of all, it's honestly freeing. It's so much more freeing to just share your reality, whether it's good, bad, ugly, in most times for me, I feel like it's like just ugly. <laughs> okay, for this interview, it feels ugly to me. Like it's not something I would really be like proud to share per se. But you know what? It's but it okay. Helps and it's life. You yeah, know, you get it's it. life. And, you know, it's just my reality right now. And so I'm not going to pretend that I'm something I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that I have all my ish together because I don't. And I'm going to get through it. And, you know, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. One doctor on Hot Marriage Cool Parents interview at a time. <laughs> they have no idea what they signed up for. <laughs> uh, well, well, here's the rest of part two of the Dr. Gertrude Lyons yeah. therapy session with Jamie and I. Yeah, and in all seriousness, I really hope that you, you know, are able to take something away from this by us being, you know, like sharing this type of thing. Like, I really hope that it's helpful for you in some way because that's the whole point of this all. Like, that's the whole point of this podcast is that we're able to kind of connect with you and, you know, help each other. And yeah, so I hope that it helps you. And before we bring her on, though, Doug is going to share our sponsors for this week. Okay, so just want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors this week. First being Rothy's Shoes. Now, Jamie and I, when we went back to New Jersey, we were looking at a ton of homes and Jamie only wears Rothy's whenever she does a lot of walking and she never complains. And I certainly don't complain because I think she looks hot in them and everybody knows how important it is to wear comfortable shoes. I mean, these shoes, they have a zero break-in period. I mean, Pop Sugar named Rothy's one of the most comfortable and cute flats you'll never tire of wearing. And they found that the average pair of Rothy's has walked about 1,000 miles. It's like walking from San Francisco to Denver and staying comfortable with every single step. You look really nice in them. It's kind of crazy to think that all of their styles are sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles. They are fully machine washable. They're available in a ton of shapes and styles and color. So you could always find the one that's right for you. So any of you ladies out there that are looking for your new everyday walking shoes or just everyday types of shoes, you can upgrade your closet today with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. So you can go to rothys.com backslash HMCP to find your new favorite shoes today. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash HMCP, rothys.com slash HMCP. Okay, and lastly, something that Jamie got me completely turned on to, and now I'm hooked, is June's Journey. And if you haven't gone to Google Play or the App Store to download June's Journey, if you are a mystery type person, if you love murder mystery, if you love finding clues, if you love investigating things, June's Journey has your back. I mean, you will sit and play this game. I mostly play it while I'm on the toilet, which is why I take so long and Jamie complains that I'm in there, but you play as June Parker and she finds out that her sister was murdered, but they call it a suicide. Anyway, you go to this Orchid's Island and then you start to unravel the mystery. So there's different scenes. There's 
different clues to unlock new chapters and new scenes and you decorate everything around this home on Orchid Island. When you solve different mysteries, you get coins, you build up flowers, and everything unlocks new scenes. They add new chapters every single week. There's thousands of intricate scenes. If you're a fan of Hidden Object, if you're a fan of Mystery, if you're a fan of a game that tests your memory and logic and just overall fun, download June's Journey today at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You can join 30 million fans across the globe, waken your inner detective, download June's Journey for free, head over to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, and I look forward to hearing about your detective journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, if you're ready to hear this explosive interview, here we go. I have a really hard time trusting that everything he's saying is true. I've caught him in, you know, lies before and, you know, just... Yep. This is, you know, kind of the in the moment practice, right? Of like noticing those and choosing to trust that in this moment, what he's saying is true. There may be historical things, but do I get a sense right in this moment that he's genuine and with me right now? Yeah. And sometimes the combination of, you know, tough times or, you know, breaches in trust or communication. And then from our history of not having, you know, this kind of direct care and love imparted on you where our system's going to try and we might know it's good and wonderful. It's still kind of foreign and new and we have to open up space and kind of work to let it in. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much. That was obviously not anticipated, but I feel like, yeah, (laughs) it's almost embarrassing. I just want you to know that I'm here to fill the gaps for you. I'm not going anywhere. You're not in this alone. You're not in anything alone. Oh, man. Well, that was... Just breathe and take that piece in. I can't change the mistrust and the mistakes that I've made in the past. And, you know, people make mistakes, but they shouldn't be defined by them. You know, the actions that are leading up to the present have to mean something. They have to. The good far outweighs the bad. And the bad I've accounted for, really. I shouldn't be defined by mistakes. I don't even know what to say because obviously I love you with my whole heart and I want to trust you with my whole heart. But trust has always been very, very difficult for me. And so when you have done a few things over the course of seven years that we've been married that have kind of like I would start to trust you and then you would take it and then I would start to trust you again and then you would take it. It just makes it so hard for me to try to just dive back in again and trust again. And so then I put walls up and it's hard for me to be intimate and love on you and whatnot because then I just am scared to death of being hurt. I don't want to hurt you. I want to be with you forever. Well, thank you. And I don't think you want to hurt me. I don't think you necessarily do anything on purpose to hurt anybody. That's not who you are. But 
whether you mean it. Obviously, I don't even think that you do it on purpose. That's not who you are. But does it have to be so black and white? Doug, this is why I'm asking for help because I don't know, Doug. I'm trying my best for here. I just don't know. Can I can I interrupt for a sec? Sure. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple observations that I'm noticing or, you know, I'd like to put out there if that's okay. Is um we're, you know, in our closest relationship, which I think, you know, a couple is, we're going to hurt each other, right? Like that's inevitable. You know, any belief that we have of a hurt-free, you know, relationship is ridiculous. And it sounds like you guys have worked, you know, at a level two, the fact that you're talking about it is a huge victory. And it sounds like you could just maybe use some support in looking at, have we resolved some of these? And what does it look like to resolve, you know, a breach in trust and conflict and kind of both at the same time, then, you know, for you, Jamie, to be able to separate and distinguish Doug's breaches, you know, and the hurts there and, you know, earning back trust and then separate that out from where your trust was breached. You know, you said you had a rough childhood. I know that there is likely, you know, places where you didn't feel safe or couldn't trust. And like the way you kept yourself safe was to be alone, you know, and not put yourself in this level of risk and relationship, but you are, and the two of you are here on this journey together. And it isn't that we're going to create a relationship where we never hurt each other. It's more when we recognize it, when these things, you know, happen, what do you need Jamie to assure trust? And there might be guidelines, parameters, you know, checkpoints. There are kind of systems we can put in place for it. But then know that as you're doing that deeper work on where these deeper hurts are, and Doug's actually doing his job because I think the job in a relationship or one of the reasons we come together is that we're going to prick each other's history and wounds and our deepest wounds and that we need to take responsibility for bringing ourselves back to wholeness. But we've come together with this partner and we can help each other with it. One, by acknowledging that the things that each other are doing, there's you know your side of it then, Doug, that you're looking at about what gets pricked for you from Jamie and, you know, her side of it and the caretaking and some things like that. I hope this is making sense because, you know, what I ultimately want to get get at in an easy summary statement is this is the journey. You guys are on it and you're engaging in it, but sometimes we need more tools and I'm just seeing places where, you know, you guys having some additional tools and ways to navigate some of this is really what you need because your hearts are very much in alignment and in it. For sure. You know, and if there was a magic spell, if there were a magic pill or even just steps to take to get back to, you know, just that unconditional love and trust, I would do anything to get there. But I don't think it's as clearly defined. And I just sometimes don't know, don't know what to do or how to even get there. Honestly, and I that feel might like be new territory for you, Jamie, to like, look at what, yeah, I don't really totally know either. But Let's experiment. Let's maybe yeah. let's try this, you know. And well, I did. And, uh, I did tell him, you know, I did tell you, Doug. Like you are. Like last night, you brought me water without me asking, and that sounds so silly. I probably to anybody, but like, it really makes me feel loved and like cared about when he just brings me water without me asking. Like I drink so much water because I'm nursing Hendrix, and you know we're in Florida, sure. so it's hot. And and like just to know that like I don't have to stand at the fridge to fill up my cup of water is just feels I don't know it's just so nice and like when he brings me food 
you know, at whatever, like at midnight is when I tend to eat, which is a terrible habit. I know, but I tend to like, I don't really eat all day and I just tend to eat at midnight because I finally have like the house is asleep and my work is done and I'm in bed and I just want to like read a book or whatever. And then they'll bring me like, you know, a snack or whatever. And that makes me feel so loved. But honestly, like I'm really longing for structure in our life as well. And the simple fact of like just dinner every single night as a family, like was sounds so appealing to me and for our children, but for, for us also. And so, you know, Doug recently became a stay at home dad to try to help with like some of the things that we're doing. And that's just one thing, you know, I, this is to be very honest, like a bit of an issue is that I don't know if it's an issue or what it is, but it's like, I'll say what I feel like I need and I want. And, you know, most times you are like super good about doing it, for example, the water, but like the dinner thing, for example, or even in full transparency, this interview with this podcast, like I I was hoping that you would kind of spearhead the podcast so I wouldn't have to think about it so much. And then, you know, it's the time that we're going to have her on the call and it's not set up. And so we're so transparent, but like, so then like we made her wait for 10 minutes until, and then that makes me feel anxious and disrespectful to her and her time. And, and then you say, yeah, I know, but I'm setting it up. And so then I feel like I can't put things in your hands because then it doesn't, maybe it gets done once or twice on time or I don't, I guess properly or, or thoroughly, but then inevitably, you know, it kind of lacks. And so then I feel like I have to put it back in my hands to do it again. And I don't know. I know, but you don't. It's an example of something that is one out of the last like five, six weeks, you know, but it's no, it's not true. It doesn't matter. These are little tit for tat type things, but no, all I'm saying is that I understand. I understand, James. I do. I do. Okay. I do understand. And dinner, dinner has been getting, no, dinner has been getting, no, I'm trying to not focus. I'm just trying to come to just, maybe I am getting a little defensive or explaining myself, but it's, there's a lot leading up to this. And then, you know, one misstep that I have and it goes back. Always say that. But dinner's been getting made and I messed up not being ready for this podcast. And this is like an ongoing thing that we have. And at this point I feel like almost rude to you, Dr. Gertrude. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, I wanted to let some of it play out so I could see. I don't consider it rude. I think this is you guys being real. And I, you know, give you huge credit for on your podcast, just letting yourselves be, you know, and be in the moment of like, what's going on? I mean, that's pretty unusual and cool. Now, are we at some sort of like, you know, as your podcast guests love to like, you know, pull this together and magically like give you some magic answer. That isn't going to happen, but I can point out some more things and kind of give you guys some additional direction if that seems like that would be supportive. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you're caught, you know, first of all, I want to go back and name that earlier, you know, in the show here, you both had a very vulnerable moment. Right. And we have to kind of remember that that's where we're always getting back to. And sometimes when we've been more vulnerable and kind of opened ourselves up and taken in, you know, the care and love from another, the fact that we're now in a fight is kind of pretty typical, right? Because this is more comfortable in some ways, from what I can tell, you know, kind of getting into this space and the ongoing pattern or argument 
Whereas where we were before isn't always a space, but that's what we want to remember that we want to get back to, right? And that came by being in the moment and present with what you were feeling. So this is where, you know, we would maybe look at and share what each of you are feeling of the five emotions, because this will just spiral into like, uh, you do this. No, I don't. You know, Doug, you're defensive. You know, Jamie, you're now kind of piling on with all the places he isn't you know, you're accumulating your evidence of how, you know, see, I can't count on anyone and kind of reaffirming your beliefs Doug, you're affirming a belief like I'm not enough. You know, I'm, that's my perception of a possible belief that you have. So a couple ways out of this are to kind of name what's getting triggered in a deeper way, you know, with each other, just in this moment, then there's other tools that would take probably a lot longer than we have to uncover, which are from my mentors, Dr. Bob and Judith Wright, the seven rules of engagement, you know, where we then would kind of step back and look at, we each can take 50% responsibility in any interaction and argument and know that I'm responsible for this dynamic, this behavior, and no one's more than 50% to blame. So we would unpack that. And that would be looking at kind of the transference and projection you have on each other and you get to get closer in that by uncovering some of the deeper things that are getting triggered just by this ongoing argument because otherwise if we stay on the surface and try and resolve it it can't get resolved from that until we you know kind of go off in one of these other directions is that making sense i know i just talked a lot yeah no i mean it all makes perfect sense to be to be very honest and you know, I, I mean, this obviously went off the tracks here, but um, thank you for hanging with us. And also thanks for that advice. I really appreciate it. I think that we'll look into that seven rules of engagement and like the whole 50-50 thing. Like that sounds really intriguing. And it's very clear that you are, I'm sure, a phenomenal life coach because you're very patient. I feel, I feel like we owe you money for this session. <laughs> What are your fees? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, absolutely. No, but to be able to like come on and not just talk about stuff, but actually interact with it. And you guys are a huge gift and, you know, you're calling it going off the rails, but I feel grateful that you felt secure enough to go there. Right. And not just kind of like, I don't know, muscle through it or pretend that wasn't what was going on under the surface. So yeah. I, I give you both huge credit for that. I feel really honored and grateful that you were willing to kind of show the side of yourselves. And I just met you. It's beautiful. That was, well, it kind of, you know how that happens in life where you just kind of go there and then you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) like, what are we doing? (laughs) But uh, thank you for being trustworthy and hanging with us, being supportive because it means a lot to us. And I feel like we're at a stage, I think everyone maybe is at this point you know, after being a year, over a year now with this pandemic and whatnot. And that just adds a layer of stress that I think that then inevitably just causes you to like really open up old wounds because when you're stressed, you know, like you don't have the capability of staying calm and, you know, staying. Well, we don't have, we don't have some of the, that actually aren't so good kind of walls and protective mechanisms available to us. It's why, you know, what I found in my research that new motherhood, you know, the, this kind of, I mean, this was really extreme, but these disruptive, chaotic times of disequilibrium are the ripest times for transformation and for us to dig into these aspects because we don't have as many defense mechanisms available to us, right? Yeah. And if we're willing to go into it, you know, during this time, it can be, you know, some of the most fertile soil for it. 
that makes perfect sense, even though it also seems incredibly, I don't know, debilitating and scary and just difficult for lack of a better word. Sure. And our mind kind of wants to say that because our brain's job is to protect us. That is going to send warning bells for sure. You know, it's one of those things that I learned because, you know, when I did this in the times of turbulence, you know, and kind of over time with my husband and mothering, I know it works and it does. And I know that I hit points where I was just too scared felt like I had too much at stake and I think it's perfectly viable to not make the choice. I just know now looking back like, oh gosh, like I, I wish, you know, there's just some regret and remorse for where I didn't. And I have a lot of compassion for why I didn't. So it's not a like you should or, you know, have to, it's just to know that that's available and that we really are way more safe and secure than our mind wants us to think we are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously with support and help, it's not something we should do alone. You right. know, I don't think we can, right? And we deserve and need a team of support for these kinds of things. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of that, I know that you are a life coach and that you do offer this type of a support more obviously for mothering than marital things. But no, um, I, it's actually both. Like you guys brought to the table the two things I love doing the most, which is working with families and working with mothers, you know, and I do a whole range of life coaching just because, you know, wherever we're at in our life, we have potential and we have, you know, these yearnings for deeper meaning and so much possibility. But I love focusing on so you you I love doing all of that. It's both. We went into two of my favorite territories. Well, that being said, if anybody who's listening would like to be able to reach out to you, maybe they have noticed something in themselves where they could use a little rewiring. I'll use your words. But but truly, no, in all seriousness, maybe they saw something or heard something in you that they would want to reach out to you or be able to access you, where could they find you? Yeah, thank you. I so appreciate that. You can find me. I have a podcast, as you said, Mother mm-hmm. Her, Rewriting the Mother Code with Dr. Gertrude Lyons. I also have an Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons and my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. You know, and so coaching is a big place that I love working with people because that one-on-one or a couple time where you can really dig in. I also have coming up in June, you know, kind of where we kicked off around mothering ourselves, rewriting the Mother Code Mastermind, which is a six-week kind of deep dive weekly program that covers this and many, many other, you know, places we weren't able to get to in this podcast of, well, how do we Mm -hmm. and what are the tools that we have available to us to mother ourselves so we can bring to bear, you know, this potential in mothering for ourselves and for others. So that starts June 7th. And you can find that also on my Instagram and website as well. That's so wonderful. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to be here and to help guide us. And yeah, I really, really appreciate it. You've been amazing. And (laughs) um, it's been my honor and privilege. So like I said, thank you too for just showing up and using this for your benefit, for your work and development. You are supporting yourselves and your mother and your kids this way and a lot of listeners. So I think that's pretty huge. Oh, well, thank you so much. And we'll definitely be in touch with you for sure. And maybe we could have you back on the podcast at some point to talk more about the initiative that you've undertaken with the rewire, rewire, rewriting the mother code. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
stuttering over here. But yeah, just truly thank you. And obviously we'll be sure to share all your information in our show notes. So for those of you guys listening, if you don't have a pen and paper, as always, don't worry, because we're going to share about that all in the show notes. And thank you again, Dr. Gertrude. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you again. Well, that went sideways for sure. And I reacted quickly. I felt attacked and that's how I reacted. You felt attacked when I said the thing with podcast because it wasn't done? Yes. Well, no, anything that I say, I'm going to sound like I'm being defensive, but I'm not. I know that you're saying this because it means a lot to you. And I don't want to get defensive just to say that you're wrong. I truly don't. I get it and I hear you is what I'm saying. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got defensive, but I truly meant everything that I said. And I don't think that my story has ever changed from that. No, I know, Doug. Ever. And obviously I know that. Otherwise we wouldn't be together because I am the first person to leave someone who I feel like is trying to wrong me or something. I never feel like you're doing anything on purpose. I really don't. I know that you are a good, good man, obviously. But the issue is that like you tell me that you can be there for me and that you will be there for me and that, you know, I can count on you and you're my teammate. But then when I ask you for something small, like, please take over managing the podcast for a hot minute because I can't handle all the things that's happening right now that I'm managing. I know. And then the podcast has gone like to the wayside and pardon us for being so transparent. Well, you guys are listening, but that's what this podcast is all about. And um, yeah, no, I, I get it. But when, when was the last time that you had to worry about the podcast? Honestly, Doug. Like to be very, very honest, because every single week. Right. Well, that I every mean, that's, single week our podcast editor is reaching out, like, when are you gonna get the ads? When are you gonna get the intro and the outro? I know we do it together. There's nothing that I could say without it seeming to be like I'm coming off defensive. Truly. I mean, I'm in a rut here and I'm begging for help, Doug, in every aspect of my life. And then you say I'm there for you, and then I've got this, and then you don't. And like, I'm angry and sad and hurt and I don't know what to do, Doug, because I literally... James, I completely hear you and I'm sorry. I am. And I tapped you on the side to say that I was sorry. And I told you right from the start from here that I overreacted and I did. I hate to say it, but it's truly not enough. Like I literally have to manage every aspect of our life, literally every aspect of our life, except from picking up our kid, which I am thankful that you make sure that Henley is dropped off at school and picked up on time. Like that means an awful lot to me. But when it comes to all of the things that we do together, that's the one thing that I can be confident that my husband is going to drop off my daughter, whether or not it's on time, it doesn't matter, but you, you pick her up and like, Thank God you do that. And that's awesome. And you do also make sure that they make it to their swim lessons, even though I'm never able to be there, which I hate, of course, but like, I do appreciate that so much, but, and I'm not at all in an attacking way, but that is the extent of it, Doug. And then everything else in our life, when it comes down to paying our bills, to making sure that, you know, just everything, it all falls on my shoulders. And on top of that, I'm trying to nurse our son 24 seven, like, just be a mom and be a good mom and be a good wife, you know, trying to make sure that my husband's pleased, even though I have no libido. And like, I, it's just, it's just so much. And then when I say something, you feel attacked and that I don't think you ever do anything. And it's just like, 
I don't know, Doug, what else to do, what else to say. And then I start feeling guilty. Like maybe he's right. Maybe I'm attacking him and I'm not appreciating him enough. So then I try to appreciate you more. And it's literally come down to me thinking I should just die for a freaking day. And then I could come back and be well rested. And like, maybe I can accomplish all the things. And I don't want to feel that way. Jame, I, I completely hear you and I'm sorry. I am. There's a lot that I know that I need to do. And there's, there's a lot, lot that I, I know that I'm accountable for too, Doug. I never, yeah. ever want you to feel like you're the only one who has to do something because I know that I have my own issues too that I'm trying to work through. Yeah, and I'm sorry that I haven't been completely present for all of that. And the last thing that I ever want is for you to feel alone or not loved by me because it's just not true. It really isn't. I always want to be there for you. I always do. And I'm sorry that I haven't been meeting that for you at all. I want to be reliable for you. I do in every way. <sighs> Thank you for that. So needless to say, we're obviously working on our marriage. We're and trying our best to. Next week, I don't even know what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. I'm not even going to pretend that we do. I yeah. have no idea what's going to go on next week because I'm just at a loss right now. I feel completely deflated and, you know, I don't even know if we're going to share this. If we do share it. I don't even know. I have literally no thoughts right now. Yeah. I feel completely like just empty inside. Well, we don't know what's going to be on next week for Hot Marriage Cool Parents, but definitely stay tuned. And we'll be back next week. Not for nothing, but like seriously, thank you for all of your loyal support. I hope that by us being so transparent and sharing literally everything, I hope that is helpful to someone else because God knows that if someone was transparent like that with me and shared what was helpful in the midst of it, I mean, I feel like that would help us immensely. So I really hope and pray this was helpful for someone else. Otherwise, it's kind of just an embarrassment. We'll see you guys next week.